On this week's episode of Hairdo Uncut, I interview the owner of West Coast Hair Design in Jacksonville, Florida, Linda Deason. I love the fresh perspective she brings for hair care and advice for clients and professional hairstylists. I think you'll enjoy this interview too. exciting for me because uh, this is my first interview with someone I have actually never met in person before. Um, please welcome Linda Deason, owner of West Coast Hair Design in Jacksonville, Florida. She's joining the show to me. Thank you for joining and I'm well honored you're here. Thanks so much for inviting me and <laughs> Not only not knowing you, this is my first time to ever do a podcast. So Which how exciting! I think it's I think it's fun, and, and don't worry, I'm only five episodes. This is only the sixth episode of mm-hmm. the of the uh, podcast, so I'm I'm just about as rookie as you are. So <laughs> no worries. Um, so, and I know that a lot of the question is going to be from, uh, anybody who's listening to this is if you guys didn't know each other, how did you guys connect? And so, um, what I mean. It, and it really, it boils down to uh, we at Hairdo Salon are a Bumble and Bumble Salon, and that's kind of how I came across uh, West Coast Hair Design uh, on Instagram uh, at West Coast Hair Design for those of you who want to go follow the Instagram. Uh, but I was just uh, not only because they were a Bumble Salon, but because I really liked uh, what you guys are doing on there, Linda. I, I think you guys do a really good job of not only keeping it fun, but your work is exceptional. And I think that's, I think that's awesome. And I think, and I've been following it for probably six or seven months personally. So, um, you guys are doing a wonderful job there. Thank you so much. Instagram certainly can be a challenge at sometimes, but it really is fun. And I love the new friends that I've made. Yeah. And you know, and I love that, uh, Bumble is now making it a little bit easier to come up with uh, product content too. So that's, that's very helpful. And you guys do a really good job at that. Um, so let's dive in. Let's have, let's have Linda just kind of introduce herself. Uh, Linda, how long have you been doing hair? I've been doing hair for 40 plus years. All right. Like a life, a lifetime, it seems. That's and good for a 21-year-old. No, I'm just It really is. I know. Um, I mean, twice as long as most people are old in the salon. So, oh, isn't that crazy? Yeah, it really is. I, I will tell you that I love it more today than ever. Really? Why is that? Uh, it just seems to keep getting more exciting. I, I think that um, everything online, Instagram, I, I'm really loving all the um, online classes you can take. I, I just feel like there's so much education everywhere. Yeah, no, that's totally true. And, you know, I, I it's actually nice to hear the, hear you say that because I think a lot of uh, stylists get frustrated with how it is now uh, because it's challenging. And you and I, when we had had a, a call about a week ago, uh, just kind of really getting, you know, just meeting so that we can meet for the first time before jumping on the show. But um, you know, we were saying how people get frustrated really quickly now and uh, almost burnt out or, uh, you know, just frustrated with all the things that they have to keep track of. And it's not, you know, hey, I just have to be good at hair and everybody can refer. You know, there's a lot of other steps that need to be taken. So it's good for you. Good. Good that you hear that. Good. to hear. Yeah. That. 
Well, it, it also gives you another aspect to challenge, you know, yourself with. I mean, I think you have to keep changing. And if you just kept doing here and doing the same thing, then uh, a lot of the thrill would be gone. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I and I hope that people want to push themselves once, you know, once they get into the industry and push themselves like that and have that kind of an attitude. I think that's I think that's awesome, Linda. So what 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 made you go into hair? What inspired you? Well, I um, actually was really a long time ago, and uh, somebody at a church that I went to asked me to work in their hair salon at the front desk. And um, at the time, it was long enough ago that it was one of the first haircut blow-dry salons, you know, not roller sets. And um, so I went to work in there as their receptionist, and uh, I I worked right up the front next to a girl named Millie, who still has a salon in San Diego. It's Millicent & Company. Really? And she was so talented and so inspiring that I just knew within weeks that I wanted to do hair and I wanted to be in that environment. Oh, that's awesome. Wait, how, how old were you at the time? Probably 19. Oh, okay. So you were still, mm-hmm. you, you were just, mm-hmm. just starting mm-hmm. adulthood. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Young. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. So, I know. So that was, so this, this person was your, was your inspiration, what, what continues to be your inspiration? You know, you got that first job. Now what continues that drive? Like you alluded to earlier, where you find it exciting now that you're more excited about doing hair now than you have been before. Like what, what is that drive for you? Well, I would say part of it is the salon environment and the culture that I I have created right now, the salon that I'm in. Um, yeah, I, I love the group that I work with and, in my salon, we have a really diverse group in that we have from very young up to myself. So it's really inspiring to see somebody who's 22, 23, achieving more success than I ever dreamed possible and to be able to be a part of that. You yeah. know, I mean, I mean, they can rise very quickly now. And it used to be that I'd have to save my money for years to travel someplace to go take a class or do something. And now... I can take an online class. I can watch on Instagram. I mean, you have so many options to increase your skills. Yes. And it, it's it's ever-changing. I, I love that it's ever-changing and always something new to conquer. Yeah. No, and that's and I think that's I think that's amazing. Um what specialties? I mean, on your Instagram, you you guys talk a lot about um you promote that master colorist and balayage, um, is, is that, you know, where your specialties lie or, and what other types of, what, what other types of hair or, uh, hairstyles do you like to be doing? Well, really what we are, are master colorists. Everybody in the salon is a colorist, um, that, that works at West Coast Hair Design. Balayage is something over the last, I'd say four to five years that right. we really have focused on. And, Although it looks like it's all balayage on Instagram, I think what um, what it really is is achieving a balayage look on a variety of different situations. Yes. Um, many people come in with like dark hair like me or they bring you in that picture and you are really doing a variety of techniques to get them to that look. Yes. So being trained as a colorist, you know, we might have to do TZ lights or foliage or lots of glossing. Um, so, so that's how you're getting that look. It's not all balayage, but mm. it's all color. Okay. Now, um, 
obviously you you cut is is coloring kind of like the first step for you and for most of your other stylists and then cuts or um you we, just we all focus on color we, more no we all cut and we all we all color but i would say color is our first love okay. but i mean we just had a bumble cutting class um last i saw Tuesday. that yeah so we just had a so we so we really do cut but i i would say that color is our first love all of ours everybody in there mm-hmm. for sure and how many i uh, actually and i forgot to count i know you got a handful how many stylists are there at the salon we have actually we're going to have 10 soon because i just hired a new stylist that will be in part-time so we actually are double working the stations now because we have such an overflow of clients oh nice Nice. Yeah. So there'll be 10 stylists. Mm-hmm. How many, how many do you have that work full time or and this is just for, I, I, mm-hmm. I didn't even have this question planned, but, uh, how many are full time versus part time? I would say that, um, six would be full time and four would be part time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Hairdo. We, uh, we maybe have one that's full time. Everybody's part time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have like, yeah. we have like 16 stylists, but they equate wow. to like we ha- we equate to like uh uh maybe eight full time <laughs> right so, right um so uh how do you conduct education you you talked about um you talked about having bumble and bumble come out which we love i i love having bumble and bumble come out to the salon i think they have great education but what else do you do i know you've talked about online but how do you how do you personally do that and how do you have like, do, do you have a certain number that you want your stylist to attend, either online or in person? And how much hands-on do you like to have them do versus just viewing what people do? You know, talk a little bit about the education that you have in the salon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that hands-on is really important. Um, so, we, I mean, we do obviously have a lot of Bumble um, classes in the salon. We go up to New York um, frequently. I actually have two network educators for Bumble in the salon, which wow. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, is. Uh, it really is unusual as well. I'm very fortunate with that. Yes. Um, we had the business of balayage come to us so that everybody got certified in balayage. We were actually, we're actually the only salon in Jacksonville that ever had them come to them. Um, yeah, um, I have gone out to, uh, Ryan Whedon, master of balayage in San Diego. So I, I've gone out and taken his class. Um, several of us are going to go to Tampa and take a class from him. Um, we've taken some Candy Shaw classes, lots of Redkin classes, color classes. Um, so all of those would be hands-on. Then online, I'm neurotic about it. I... I, I have I have the Masters of Balayage monthly thing where you can watch whenever you want. I have so many from BehindTheChair.com, all, all color. Sure. I'm going to say they're all color. Um, a lot of the Pretty Little Ombre, you know, they have the Salt Society. I've gotten some of her classes. Yeah. Um, so that, that's really what we do. We kind of just talk about where we want to go, what we want to see. Um, I find like, I just, I just brought something up to them that, and I saw an opportunity and, you know, I'll send out a group text. Who's interested in this? Do you want to do that? They all really want to learn. Yeah. And that's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good. It's, um, you know, we're, we kind of, um, you know, education is so important. You know, we, in a past episode, you know, we've talked about how important it is for stylists to have education and as a salon being able to provide that because, uh, a lot of, you know, I'm finding at least a lot of independent stylists, um, either are what I, 
you know, are going to watch somebody do hair, but they're not getting their hands in there or they're not investing in their education at all. And so uh, it's good that you do that. And it's good to be part of a salon that does that for their stylists as well. So uh, with those classes, do you end up hosting some for yourself or do you kind of leave it up to them? Like, hey, here's the class. Why don't you go out to it? Um, you know, stuff like that. Or do you kind of do some hands on classes with them, like in the salon after you see a video or go off somewhere? Um, I do it both ways. We, we go to the classes, we, um, you know, we have people come to us and then we, we do classes within the salon as well, sharing with each other. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And of course, as you know, having network educators, they go up to New York, learn the classes and then they're available to teach whatever they've learned. So we're very lucky to have the Bumble education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome that you guys do that and have the kind of culture. Cause that's, I, I would have to say that that's pretty rare to have a culture where you guys are teaching each other. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so I want to segue into a few different, uh, questions, uh, especially directed more towards, uh, clients. Uh, cause again, this podcast is really about bridging the gap between uh, hairstylist and client, because I feel like, and you and I had chatted about this on our, on our call prior to this, that I feel like while some people are doing a really good job, I think for the most part, clients and, and stylists are missing, they're missing something in their, in their discussion. So what are three things clients should look for in a stylist or in a, in a salon that they're going into? Um, I would say probably the first thing they could look for is the online reviews. You know, they're lucky to live in an era where you can actually read what people think. Um, because ultimately it's about having your client satisfied and happy. And, um, yeah, so I would say checking the, um, online reviews, I would say finding a salon that has ongoing training. They don't think they know it all. They want to stay current. They want to keep going. And and you can see that from their Instagram, from their, you know, their webpage. If if they're not constantly learning, then they're going to be stagnant with you. Um, And I would say that probably a third thing, and we touched on this with Bumble, is what products and services do they offer? Um, You know, if they don't offer the things you're interested in, then they wouldn't be a good fit for you. But also, I think the product that you sell and the products that you use are a direct reflection of who you are. Their core values like line up with your core values. My mother always told me the company you keep is how people are going to see you. Yes. You know, so I think that I think those things are really important for a client. I also encourage them, you know, you should stop in when I have a client moving to another area and I'm trying to find them a salon. I say, don't make your appointment over the phone. You should walk into that a salon, see how they greet you, see if they like each other within the salon, see if it's clean um, and get a feel for it. Yep. No, I totally, I totally agree. You'll, you'll instantly be able to tell if it's the type of place you want to be. I am a hundred percent on board with that. Great advice. So people take that into account. Um, what do you think is the biggest barrier for stylists and clients as, uh, to hurdle early on in a professional relationship? I think that probably would be a very kind of old and used term, but communication. I, I think that People have trouble communicating, not just a stylist and, you know, and their client. Um, 
So I actually think that it works two ways. A lot of that falls on the stylist. They have to learn how to do a consultation and actually book out time for them. You'd be surprised when people come in and they see that we're actually giving them a consultation before the service, how shocked they are. So important. Um, So important. important. Yeah. So I think having, and that's something you have to learn how to do. I mean, I, I get people that come in and they're, they don't know how to do a proper consultation. They don't know the questions to ask because you have to lead the client sometimes to find out what they want. Like you might need to find out what they don't want Yes. to, to get there. I also think that um, y- you have to learn how to read their lifestyle and their look. You know, somebody might be showing you a picture, but it, yeah, it doesn't, you, you have to learn that. That is what comes in with trust. I mean, I don't know about in your salon, but I know for me, I have clients that I've done for 20 plus years and I know that they might say to me, I really want my bangs short, but I know they really don't want what I consider short bangs. (laughs) So, you know, with me, what I would say to them, I would get my comb, I would hold it right where I think they want it. And I would be like, is this what you consider short? And they go to somebody else when I'm not there and they say, I want short bangs and they get bangs above their eyebrows and they're not happy. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it's the communication the, um, and the, the consultation. And also clients have to have a more realistic expectation of what they can get. For sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, and, and we'll, we'll kind of dive into that, that aspect a little bit more. Uh, something that you said uh, I thought was really, was really key and almost like a, just to add on to that, that consultation not only sets, sets them up, but it, I think it stands out way different when you are somebody who sits down and does that. Like I, when you're a stylist and you sit down with that person and you have a consultation beforehand, instead of just being like standing behind them saying, okay, what do you want? This is what you want. Okay, let's get going. Like it stands out. And I, that's what we tell our stylists here. It stands out to the client. When you sit down, you're like, you talk to them, you spend a little bit of extra time with, they will notice that whether they come back, whether they, you know, they are more likely to come back because that will be so much different. They may go to another salon and they'll be like, hey, this person was not talking to me the way they were over at, you know, hairdo or West Coast hair design. Like they will notice that right away. And I think that's I think that's totally key and awesome. It's also I think just think how you would want to be treated. What if you walked into a doctor's office with a problem and they didn't ask you what was wrong and they just started, you know, you want them to sit down and look at you and face you and have that conversation. Yes. Yeah. So what, what are a couple things that uh, you wish clients knew about going into an appointment for the first time with a stylist? Um, I would say that um, how important it is for them to show up on time that, um, you know, they're, <laughs> yes. you, you have booked a certain amount of time for them. And when they're late, you're then not able to give them your full attention. So Again, I think as a, as a stylist, it's our job to educate them on that and that if we want them to be on time, we need to be on time. You know, you have to extend that same courtesy. Um, how important it is to tell the truth because we do mostly color. You need to know their, their hair history. You need to know their color history. And we'll sit down in a consultation and ask them, you know, have you had color on? You know, what is it? What have you done? And they might tell you, no, I haven't. And you begin the process and, you know, it, it immediately Put that lightener turns. on and it starts smoking yeah. and you're like, ah, you yes. liar. Yeah. And so it's really important to tell the truth. So you have to, 
again, I think for us, we have to learn how to get that information out of them. Uh, I have learned that they think if they take a box that they bought at Walmart and put it on their hair, they don't consider that color. So, you know, we now have a list of what we go through. You know, have you ever mixed two things together and put it on your hair? Have you ever put anything that you think is just a shampoo in, you know? We need to know anything on that. It's important to tell the truth. Same thing, if, or have you been on medication, you know, because it changes oh, yeah. your hair. No, absolutely. Um, and I would say the other thing is that they, you have to have a realistic hair goal. You, you, you can't have dark black Asian hair and think you're going to get blonde hair. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I wish that they, they knew that. And I, again, I think that part of that responsibility comes back to us. We try to write about it in our Instagram account. We try to write about it on our webpage, yep. you know, so that they're educated on what that is. Yes. They have to be prepared to spend the time, the money, and the maintenance of yeah, what they're know, asking for. And I think that's totally something that's lost is the once they get this, not only the blonde cut, like if they go blonde, it's like you have to take care of that now because, you know, you've we've had people who have left with beautiful hair. But then a week later, they're like, oh, it's it's you know, it's poofing up. It's frizzy. I'm like, well, you live in Arizona. You got to hydrate that thing. You know, like <laughs> you got to take care of it. <laughs> Do you have a handout you give them when they have their hair colored, something they leave with? Uh, we do not have a handout. Uh, we, we do give them, you know, we kind of go through the product recommendations and, and kind of talk about that, but, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a specific handout. We used to do the, uh, Bumble and Bumble, um, prescription, prescription pad. pads, mm-hmm. uh, that just didn't go. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't work. Like we worked on it. We probably did it for like seven, eight months. Like we were really mm-hmm. trying to push it and it, it was, it was, it wasn't, we didn't see a big turnaround. We've seen one lately with our opening with the, uh, consultation talking about the products we're going to use based on, you know, what they're going to say. And then we kind of, you know, they use the products and then at the end of it, they, they talk about it again saying like, Hey, this is what it's going to take to kind of care for this hair. So we, we created a, um, what we call an aftercare color pamphlet. It's just kind of a fold out over sheet. And so, Everybody that gets color leaves with that and it walks them through all the changes, what can happen, what they need to do that. That's been extremely helpful in uh, changing any what you were saying, coming back or the questions because they know before they leave. Yeah, no, that's a good. That's actually a wonderful idea. You guys are awesome. We're going to I'd be happy to I'll be happy to share one with you. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) All right. So while we're talking about hair care, let's talk about it in Florida because, you know, in Arizona, it's dry all the time. So there's definitely some uh, adjustments to an extremely humid area, which I'm assuming it's humid all the time in Jacksonville. I love dry. (laughs) I wish it was dry. I had come in from San Diego. When I moved here, I didn't even know how to do my own hair. I mean, I was like, what the (laughs) heck happened? It was a nightmare because it's always humid here and it's always wet. So you really have challenges. If you have, I have curly hair um, and it can get frizzy and it can get big. So, you know, if you have that hair, you're big. If you have finer hair, the humidity collapses it and makes it fall. So Mm. I had to relearn how to do hair. You cannot live in Florida and not use products. Products are your savior. Uh, So mm -hmm, I think that's it. And again, the key comes with um, 
uh, giving them a prescription, letting them know what is going to work exactly for them. I don't know about you probably feel like I do, but the um, hairdressers invisible oil primer is a lifesaver. You cannot live. Yeah. Yeah. You can't live without it. No, it's in our top. It's in our top five um, uh, of products that we sell. Um, especially yeah. from Bumble. Like, yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure it's, it's either, it's either <clears throat> two or three thickening hairspray is really popular around here. We have a lot of thin hair clients that come in. So thickening hairspray is, uh, I believe our number one, but now uh, I use, I use thickening to control the frizz as well because it helps, helps to lock the set in. Oh, nice. Yeah. Key mm-hmm. for everybody listening. Yeah. You got thickening hairspray. There you go. A little bit of defrizz. Mm-hmm. I know, I know a lot of people here were a little bit upset that defrizz is not here anymore. Cause that was a lot of curly hairs favorite. Uh, yeah. Favorite. Product. My, my daughter is a hairdresser in the salon and she cried when they took that away. <laughs> she, she's like, mom, you've got to find me some. Yeah. I mean, I was buying it from everywhere for her. Uh, so what seems to be, what's a constant struggle? I mean, we talked about the humidity a little bit, but what's, what, what in, in the salon, you guys do have a lot of blonde, obviously with, we do. what is a common struggle that, st- that clients have when they come in and they get their hair done and they go home and with the humidity and with the sun and the beach, like what is something that they struggle with? Um, I would say probably two things they struggle with here. One is that in Jacksonville, we have horrible water. Um, yes. I mean, if you were to look at our faucets, you know, the shower heads, Mm. they have this terrible buildup. Like you literally have to clean them weekly with vinegar or lime away. Really? So that's building up in your hair. So we're, we're very careful to talk about using clarifying treatments, um, on the hair before we do it. And, you know, even though you don't want to clarify colored hair regularly, when it begins to get that that kind of the tone fades and it gets warm, you, you definitely need to do that. Um, and then the sun, it's always hot here. I, I love people are talking about coming into fall and the weather cooling off and it's 100 degrees. You know what I mean? We, <laughs> yes. it's, it's, you burn up just walking to the car. So yep. you have to have product in your hair. Again, the HIO primer is your lifesaver because it gives you the heat protection, the UV protection. Yes. Um, so yes, I, I, I would say those are the things. Oh, that's, that's good. I hope everybody's mm-hmm. writing these things down. Um, <laughs> so what are, what, uh, I talked about how hairdressers invisible primer, which I'm assuming it's one of your top five. What are a few really good cocktails that you kind of put together, um, uh, for people? Like what's a popular cocktail? that you put together for your clients? Are you talking about a styling product yeah, or like just an sty- overall? Like a styling product cocktail. Like if there's like mm-hmm. a set of like two or three mm-hmm. that you're like, oh, these are really popular because they go start to finish with, you know, coming out of the, you mm-hmm. know, either going out, coming out of the shower, styling the hair and walking out with fairly healthy hair. What's a good cocktail that mm-hmm. your salon usually provides? Yeah, well, um, we actually would, I would give you two. One for people who don't really want to blow dry, you know, so you have the don't blow it. So depending on the texture of their hair, we're going to use the HIO primer, the hairdressers invisible oil primer. That's going to go on towel dried hair. And then you're going to work some of the don't blow it through the hair. I like to get that all combed through, get your hair twisted right where you want it to be. And then I put another little drop of the hairdressers invisible oil, oil, the plain oil over the top of that. We need that to control the frizz. 
Um, and that, that works wonderfully. If I were going to blow dry my hair, which is a little curly and a little fuzzy and I, you know, I, I wanted it to last and to stay, I would start with the, um, hairdressers and visible oil primer. <laughs> you would think Bumble paid me to do that. Um, <laughs> and then I, I put the, I would put the thickening spray. I use thickening spray on probably 75% of my clients before I blow dry. And um, and then I actually put a little bit of surf foam spray in it as well, okay. because even though it's curly, it, it needs a little texture to, to fight against that humidity. Yes. Um, and then when it's almost dry, I do the, the don't blow uh, the the blow dry repair. And that okay. works amazing because that seals the humidity out. Yeah. Um, and then like, if it's a really humid day, I finish it off with the, um, dry oil, the hairdressers and invisible dry oil spray. Oh, that's a good one. That's a wonderful product. That one's mm-hmm. been jumping up. We actually, we didn't jump on that one as fast. Uh, but it's ever since like we, we, we did like a training on it and then everybody's been all about it. Like it's, it's flown up the ranks. <laughs> you know, what's nice about that one is that if you don't have a lot of hair, it doesn't collapse your style. You can spray that on, whereas yes. the oil could collapse your style and that one doesn't. It just gives you the shine, the protection and the control against the humidity. Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Um, you know, in a past episode of a podcast, we talked about how clients bring in pictures, which is, which is great, but you know, and you talked about it a little bit with your consultation, you know, setting the right, um, setting the right expectations. So when clients come in with pictures, uh, how are you approaching when somebody comes in with a picture and it might not be the best for them to have that specific, like that exact picture of you know, the blogger or the style or the, the superstar that they're looking at, how do you guys go about that? And how do you make that change? Or do you just kind of go, well, it's what they want and, and go for it? Uh, we never just say it's what they want and go for it. Um, I think part of that starts for us. What has saved me, and I've only done it for about the last year and a half, is that um, we, we try to take care of a lot of that at the initial appointment. I have an amazing front desk manager, uh, Miranda, and when she books an appointment, she has gotten so great at gathering information. You know, what does your hair look like? What are you going to? We actually even ask them to email or text us a picture of their current hair and a picture of their goal hair when they're a new client. Um, Sometimes then the stylist can call them even before that appointment um, and kind of start to set that expectation. So I would say that eliminated over half of our problem with that by, by doing that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, yeah. So, that what, was... so what would you, what would you do? So I'm, I'm interested in this cause I, we have a similar way of doing it, but it's mm-hmm. only really if people are coming out of town, most people, uh, will come in and we'll, we'll kind of chat with them and our stylists are really good at kind of being able to talk around that, be like, look, because of her skin tone or this picture is filtered, you know, they're really good at mm-hmm. explaining that. Right. How does that stylist get on the phone and say, Hey, you know, what does she end up saying to the person over the phone? Cause I mean, getting your hands in the hair can be a little bit different. So I'm interested on how mm-hmm. that stylist goes and says, Hey, take a look at your pictures. Here's what you're looking at. And do you see a lot of people, you know, maybe backing off or being like, Oh, okay, that's cool. I'll, you know, I still want to make the appointment. So what do you see from that as well? Most of the time, they're they're actually really excited when we ask to see their hair first. I mean, I've found them to be very receptive when we say, please send us a picture. Um, 
And so there are many times when we get the picture and the stylist does have to call them and ask them questions. And it, I would say that she can tell them, you know, you're not going to, just from what you've told me, I don't think we're going to be able to achieve that look in one session. Um, I re- this is going to require a consultation before we actually book the appointment. So sometimes we actually just book the consultation when there's going to be a dramatic change. Gotcha. Well, awesome. That's good. I'm glad. And I'm glad that it's well received. <laughs> yeah, it really, honestly, they're really happy to send you a picture of themselves. That's true. No. And, and usually like when, when we get the, when we get like a Facebook message or an email, uh, or a call where they're like, uh, I need a correction. And I'm like, uh, okay. So we're, you know, let's, let's take a look at the picture before we do anything. Or can you just come in for the consultation in the next few minutes, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, can you come in today and what's your timeline kind of thing? Cause a lot of people and what we struggle with is a lot of people are calling a lot of salons and are like, Hey, fix my hair. And then we're like, well, this now has turned into a seven hour project or multiple sessions. Are you ready for that? And they're like, no. And then they go someplace else or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, so it's a, it's, it's a hard line to walk and clients. I just hope you guys understand that. Like, uh, and, and the way Linda has talked about it for me, like, it's just, it affirms how important it is to care about the clients and to manage those expectations. I think that's, I think that's amazing. Um, I want to transition a little bit to um, just a couple things of advice coming from you. What is advice that you think is most important for new stylists coming out uh, that you either tell your new stylists coming from school to the salon or other stylists that are coming out of school? Um, I would say new new stylists. You know, just coming out of school, we have an Aveda school a few miles from us. So, you know, I talk to them frequently. And then obviously I have assistants that have started with me and it's straight out of school. And I would say that I, I like to remind them that their education is really just beginning. I, I don't think anybody gets out of school and is really ready to do hair. You, you have at least no, not so not color. You, you have to have that experience and being an assistant just washing the hair off, watching the transition, you know, what they're, what they're doing from one color to another is so beneficial. I, I, yeah. there's nothing, yeah, nothing better than that, um, experience and that you do have to work hard. Somehow they have this fantasy that there are people on Instagram that work eight hours a week and make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Yeah, no. And <laughs> it's not like that. You, you have to work hard. You're going to have to put time and money and you're going to have to be dependable. You know, that's not the kind of job that you cannot do if you're not going to be um, dependable. Yeah, no. And I, you know, and I just to piggyback off of that, if I could uh, think about I I, and the thing that we tell stylists is, is if you're not dependable or showing up or, or putting in that in that time for your clients, like think about you as a consumer. If that if wherever you're going to purchase services or goods or whatever, if they're inconsistent, what are you going to do? Look for somebody else that's more consistent, you know, or that's providing you what what you need. So you've got to put yourself in like in a consumer mindset, even though you're the professional and kind of in charge of the the schedule and and how you're going about your business. So, right. You know, haven't you ever walked into a place or done business somewhere and you received the most exceptional service? And I always want to know I had this happened to me the other day with a phone call. I had to call Bank of America and I was like, oh, my gosh, how did you who taught you how to talk like this? You're so good on the phone. Like, do you have a script? What did you learn? (laughs) You know, I mean, she made me feel so important. (sighs) I mean, it and that really the I always tell a new stylist, do you love people? 
I think that's been the key to my success. I love people. I love to know their story. I love to help them. I love to go along their journey with them. So I would ask a new stylist, do you love people? Because if you don't, you're in the wrong business. That's totally true. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised at how many don't. And then I would say probably the last thing that I think is that they should think about what part of hairdressing they love. And I think they should specialize. Not, not that they don't have to know how to do everything, but I don't like to do perms. And <laughs> I mean, I, I completely stopped. I have, I think uh, one You person, just said 90% of my stylists here at the salon. Yeah. I have two well, that do perms. <laughs> I don't, I actually don't think over a long period of time you can exceed at something you don't really enjoy doing. It's true. So I think you should think about what it is you love and that you should specialize in that. That's where you should put your time and energy. Um, yep. You know, the other thing I work with a lot of my young stylists with that it seems to be a forgotten thing is body mechanics. Um, they don't pump their chair up. They don't pump their chair down. They, they're they doing highlighting and their body is twisted. Ooh, um, yeah. you, you can ask them as they work next to me because, you know what I mean? I'm like, don't stand like that. Or when you're my age, you're not going to be able to do hair. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's important for us to teach them that because they don't seem to be learning that in school. I think that's an awesome that's an ob- awesome observation that I haven't really thought about or listened to. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I would say for um, existing stylists or stylists who have been in the business for a long time, if they're not if they're not happy with um, how their career has gone, I think that I mean I've had times where I'm not happy with where my salon has gone. We have to sit down and take inventory, yep. and you have to. That's to set not goals. easy. It's not easy, but you have to actually take them. You have to say, you know, I'm not where I want to be. Where do I want to go? And you have to be willing to change. I mean, you have to. You got to be totally honest with yourself. You got to remember the um, definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yep. Yeah. So I would tell them, you know, I I learned from the younger stylists all the time, things that, um, things that I I didn't know. So I think that you have to be open education. I mean, if they would just go and spend some time and money on their education, they would be motivated. They would be excited. Um, I mean, I I go take these classes and I'm just dying. I'm on the plane thinking, I wish I could do your hair right now. Yep. Yep. Nope. And you know, that, that is how, uh, our owner is like every time she goes to a class, she's like coming back and she, she comes back and she calls up a few people and she's like, Hey, I've got to do this. I've got to do this new thing. Can I do it on your hair? And then they come in so then she can do it and then she can teach. But yeah, you've got to, and, and just like, I mean, and we tell people all the time, especially our stylists, we're like, look, especially the ones that have been, you know, a hairstylist for a long time. It's like, if you're not, if you don't keep going, like if you don't keep educating, if you just sit back and be like, I'm, I'm good. Like that's your, I'm good enough. I'm good enough. You're yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, That's, that's it. That then you are, that's it. And so, and with an evolving like hair, hair, it does not stay the same. It is. You've seen the hair change a lot. And, and that the chemistry of hair color changes so fast. I mean, new techniques constantly. You have to change and learn. I agree. Mm -hmm. No. Well, Linda, this has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. I hope it was actually a positive experience for you. It was. It was. It was very nice. All right. So you can check. I just want to plug uh, their website. Is uh, actually plug your website real quick. I brought it up and I can't find it. It's westcoasthairdesign.com. 
And then your Instagram, is that like your only social media? Is that or the main social media that you guys use? It um, is uh, Instagram and Facebook. I actually, um, Instagram is more of the longer hair, the balayage, the teasy lights, the foliage. And Facebook is going to be more of the gray coverage, um, you know, short haircuts, bobs, that type of thing. Interesting. Okay. So that, and that's, uh, at West coast hair design on Instagram. And I'm sure if you just search for West coast hair design, uh, it's in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, this was just awesome. Thank you so much, Linda. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you.